Yeah, I wanted to say a big, massive uh, thank you to, to you all. Uh, my wife Sarah and I and the kids have been looking uh, really forward to coming um, to Colac uh, to meet with you guys this morning uh, for a long time now. We've had it in the calendar, so um, yeah, massive thank you to, to Andrew and the elders here and of course you guys as a congregation for letting us come and, and share with you um, about something that God's called us to do. Um, and so my prayer is that it will be a blessing to you guys as, as we share some of that. It also uh, brings something from, from God's Word this morning. It's um, something that we've been really, you know, even just this morning looking around, I've, I've been really amazed and, and encouraged by the amount of young people here. Um, seeing them like passionately worshipping God this morning, it's, it's really cool to see. And like Even some of the, the real younger kids were, were right into it, you know, eyes closed and hands raised. It's, it's, it's beautiful to see. So, um, yeah, it's, I think if that's anything to go off, this congregation is, is in good hands going forward with, with that many young people, you know, passionate about Jesus. So um, I hope that's an encouragement. That's just one tiny observation that, that I've seen this morning already. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Um, so, yeah, a little bit about us as an introduction. I know Andrew mentioned a little bit um, about our history. Sorry, my mic's in my beard and everything here. Um, a little bit about us as an introduction. Uh, we are the Bolton family. That's us up there with my wife, Sarah, and myself and our four kids, Judah, Tate, Tora, and Ace. Um, we, we live in, in Geelong at the moment, but um, God has called us to to go uh, and share the good news of the Jewish Messiah with the Jewish people in Israel. And, and that's something that, that we're really passionate about, is to see Israelis come to know their Messiah, come to know the God of Israel through Jesus, the Messiah, or Yeshua, the Messiah. And so uh, we're part of an organization, uh, missionaries with um, Operation Mobilization. Has anyone heard of, of, uh, of OM, or as it's commonly known? Yep. Awesome. So they're probably most known for the, uh, the, the ships that sail around the world going from port to port sharing the gospel. Um, it's called the Logos and the Doulos. Um, they, they docked in, in Geelong a fair few years ago as well, which was um, pretty interesting to see how many people were actually uh, were there that day and, and went on the ship. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's what we're, we're doing and, and we've been called by God to go and share the gospel with the Jewish people, specifically, specifically in Israel. Our call uh, is wrapped up in this verse here in, in Matthew 10, verses 6 to 7, where Jesus is telling his disciples to, to go uh, rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and, and as you go, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is near. And so that's, that's, that's what we're, our heart is to do. And so we believe that uh, as Gentile believers in the Jewish Messiah, we have you know, a call and a responsibility to, to bring the gospel to the Jewish people. And so... You know, we've that that call's been. I was telling um, someone earlier that's that's probably been on our heart for over 12 years now, and so we've said, "Yep, God, we will go. We'll, we'll listen to your call and and trust you, um, and and obey." So that's what we're we're doing, which is kind of scary at the same time, but it's really, um, yeah, it's i it's kind of like one of those things. You know, when you're doing something that you just like, it's it's kind of like you know that you you've been made for that. And for us, like, that's something that's been on our heart for a long time, and that's where what we really feel like, that, you know, that we're doing something that we've been created for. And, and, and for all of us in here this morning, I believe that you know, mission or sharing the gospel or, or introducing Jesus to people who don't know, yet know him, that's something that, 
as followers of Jesus, that's something that we're all called to do, yeah? Um, whether it's here in Colac or to the, the darkest places of Siberia or, or something like that, or even Israel, who knows? Um, that, that's, that's the calling uh, of every follower of Jesus, which is pretty exciting. Um, so I've, I've, got a, I've got a little bit of a video. I've, I've got a few different slides up there, but I'll, I'll just do a fast track through them, but just because I want to get into, into the Word as well. But just a little bit about what we're going to be doing uh, in Israel. We're going to be uh, going to study Hebrew, that we get to go to uh, the land on a student visa. We can't work there. Um, so one of the ways that we get to spend uh, time there long term is, is going to for study purposes. So uh, I'll be going to a university in the north in Haifa, which is where we'll be living, and we'll be studying Hebrew. Um, which is kind of makes sense, seeing that's the, the main language in, in Israel. So you actually get to talk to people in their own language. And, and um, so that's going to be a whole other journey in itself. But hopefully, it, you know, we see it really being an opportunity to open up doors to be able to share with um, the, the people in that particular community. We've got a, uh, as a team, there's a, a, a big focus on the Jezreel Valley and um, if, if you guys, some of you might know the geography of Israel uh, reasonably well, but um, basically the Jezreel Valley runs from, you know, the east coast, sorry, the west coast down from Haifa, um, southeast and towards the border um, where, you know, the Jordan River is on the, on the Jordanian side on the border there. But... Um, the Jezreel Valley, I've got a little bit of a video that sort of unpacks some of the needs in that, in that region and some of the things that we have a focus on as a, as a team in Operation Mobilisation. Um, that's, that's our heart to reach that, that community there. There's about 300,000 residents in the Jezreel Valley, um, probably about 120 communities, so like villages that are dotted around the valley, um, but there is only one known congregation, one known group of believers that meet there. And so that's a massive, massive task for, you know, not only, you know, Michos and people who have moved over there, but also for the local believers. Um, there's heaps, heaps of opportunities. So I've got a short video that I'll, I'll play through. Um, that's some pictures there from a recent trip. You can see in the north how lush and green it is. And then in the south, where it goes down further, is, is this dry, arid desert. Um, that's a kibbutz that we lived on for a few months in 2007. And um, yeah, the, the ancient hills of Edom and Moab across the border in Jordan there that, that was just across the road from our kibbutz. And so incredible landscape. Um, and so, yeah, our, our time over there experiencing life, living and working alongside Israelis was just this, I think that was the catalyst that God used to just put this burden on our hearts for these amazing people. Um, is Jerusalem the, the pretty much the epicentre of the world? at the moment because uh, you know everyone's asking what are we going to do with Jerusalem lowest point on earth is the Dead Sea also found in Israel um, the, the entire land space fits into less than half of Victoria it's actually smaller than Tassie uh, with about eight to nine million people living in the in the land so it's pretty jam-packed in there um, but the Jezreel Valley specifically, here's this video, so we'll, I'll, it takes a couple of minutes, so we can watch that and just unpack a little bit of the, um, the needs in that land.
The Jezreel Valley is a stretch of amazingly fertile land with cities and villages nestled up in the hills and spreading out on the plains of the valley. Here, biblical stories come to life. Gideon whittled down his army to 300 men to defeat the Midianites, Judges 7. The Philistines nailed King Saul's headless body to the city walls of Beit Shan, 1 Samuel 31. King Ahab established Baal worship as the state religion with its horrific child sacrifices. 1 Kings 16. Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel that overlooks the valley. 1 Kings 18. At Shunam, Elisha raised a Shunammite woman's son from the dead. 2 Kings 4. Nearby in Naim, Jesus raised from the dead the only son of a widow. Luke 7. And this is the future staging area, according to the book of Revelation, for the armies which will fight in the battle of Armageddon. Revelation 16, 16. The name Armageddon comes from the Hebrew Har Megiddo, meaning Mountain of Megiddo, a prominent archaeological site in the area. Driving from one end of the valley to the other takes about an hour, and along the way you pass by 120 communities, with a combined population of over 100,000 people, mainly Jewish, but also Muslim. Despite this substantial development, there is only one known congregation of believers in Jesus, with about 15 members. There are also a few known house fellowships. Running across the valley once again after a 65-year hiatus is a train line that connects Haifa in the west to Beit She'an in the east. Before the epic battle of Armageddon, we desire to see Jesus the Messiah worshipped and known by many more people in the Jezreel Valley. There we go. There's uh, some interesting um, facts in there about the history of the area. It's jam-packed with uh, biblical history, isn't it? That whole region. Um, but yeah, today, I know that video is probably a little bit old now. The updated stats, are uh, it says 100, over 100,000 people, but yeah, it has blown out to 300,000. So the, you know, the harvest is, is huge, isn't it? Um, and so like what we can see about Israel, like it's actually a really flourishing nation. It's <clears throat> at the forefront of innovation and technology. It's got um, amazing natural resources, a huge tourism industry, uh, excellent health and life expectancy and, and kind of generally great opportunities. But at the same time, there is massive, massive issues, massive needs, um, you know, huge unemployment rates. Um, there's you know, not to mention the, the security issues, but the highly volatile political situation. Um, and of course, yeah, all the things we have to deal with, uh, with you know, in regard to terrorism and, and you know, enemy nations around them. There's lots of things that are actually in, in they need, have lot, lots of need for. But um, 1,948 years ago, about 40 years after 
the death and resurrection of Jesus, the city of Jerusalem was attacked and, and along with it, it was destroyed and along with it so was the Jewish temple. And so this was the place where the people of Israel came to meet, came, you know, came to meet with Yahweh, their God, and they would offer sacrifices in order to have their, their sin covered. And so as uh, the Romans laid waste to the city and the temple, not one stone was left upon another, just as, as Jesus said would happen. And so for 1,948 years, the Jewish people have been without sacrifice. They've been without a temple. And so ultimately, they've been without covering or atonement for, for sin. Because that was the whole system of, of how sin was, um, you know, was covered or, or, or forgiven, was the, the, the sacrificial system in the temple. And Jesus, the, or the Jewish Messiah, who according to the scriptures, uh, was to appear before the destruction of the temple. Like he was supposed to show up before that event. And he was the promised Messiah of Israel who would establish the kingdom of God and bring in everlasting righteousness and be an atoning sacrifice for sin once and for all. You know, remember when John the Baptist um, identified Jesus as the Messiah in, um, in John chapter 1 and he, he told his disciples, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It wasn't even just a covering. It was this full uh, removal of sin from the hearts of his people. It's amazing. The gospel is, is wrapped up uh, big time in, in this. And so, of course, they um, have many needs in the land of Israel today. Um, but the greatest need for Israelis is for Jesus himself. That's the greatest need. And so Israel, they're still waiting for their Messiah. They rejected Jesus as Messiah when he first appeared, um, when he first came. And to this day as a nation, they continue to reject him. Um, Jesus quoting Isaiah in Matthew 13 says, For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. And so uh, for us, like what we see and what we know, we believe that the greatest spiritual need for the Jewish people is for an awakening to the gospel. You know, Paul tells us what the, the gospel is, and he says it's the power of God. It's God's power to bring salvation to everyone who believes it, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And so for 12 years or so... Uh, God's been speaking to us about what it looks like to give up your life for the, for the gospel. Um, he says in Luke 10 that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. And so in January 2017, that was the last time uh, we were in Israel, we were actually on a high hill overlooking the Jezreel Valley there, spending some time praying and um, we really got, I suppose, a, a, an insight or a, or a view into what we were, what we were being called into. Um, like we could, you know, in the spirit, see this harvest um, that was was ripe. It was ready to go, but there was just not not enough workers, and that's that's the that's the case uh, in Israel. So, um, if any of you guys have a heart to to reach the Jewish people, come and have a chat to us afterwards, and we can uh, connect you with some people who you can come and uh, come over and join us. It'd be great. Yeah, and so um, this is this is where this is our heart 
you know, with the knowledge that we, we understand and see about Israel and, and the, you know, what's happening there, we could clearly see our place uh, in, in the land and what God's calling us to and to, to bless Israel with, with, um, with the good news of the kingdom of God. And so that's just a little bit about what we'll be doing and, and, and us. Um, I'm going to share something in the Word now, but uh, Sarah's got a couple of clipboards there. Um, if you would like to keep up to date with, with what we'll be doing and just you know, want, interested in seeing uh, what, what happens and what God's doing um, through our, our work there, um, you're more than welcome to put your name and email address on one of those clipboards um, and you can find out and learn how to pray for us and that. So if that's something you would love to do, we would love to, to have you on board and uh, we can add you to our mailing list to get our monthly newsletters. So um, feel free to put your name and email address down on that as they come around. So we get asked this question a fair bit, you know, why, why Israel? Why, why the Jewish people? Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a loaded question, I think, sometimes, because everyone's got these, these preconceived ideas about Israel, about the Jewish people. Um, you know, everyone's got different opinions. And so um, basically when I answer this question, I, the bottom line is that Israel has a special place in God's heart. I think that's a sort of a good, safe place to start. And so um, in answering this question, like, I don't know if this is the case for you guys, but have, have you heard Israel often referred to as the chosen people, the Jewish people? You know, they're the chosen people, and so sometimes we don't really understand what this means, but they are the people on earth that God chose out of all the other nations um, to be his own people, to be his, his special covenant people, and they had, he had this special relationship with them in that he revealed himself more to to Israel than he did to any other nation uh, in, on the earth uh, in history. And so he gave them a special task because of this. And their task was to reveal his goodness to the rest of the world. And through the Jewish people, the rest of the world, so the Gentiles, they would be blessed. And so... Well, we're going to have a look at this, this whole idea of the concept of the Jew first. So if you guys have your Bibles there, uh, I've got all the, the passages up on the screen, so you're more than welcome just to read off that. Otherwise, if you've got your own, you can turn to uh, the book of Romans. We're going to spend most of our time in there this morning, uh, starting in Romans chapter 1 is where we're, we're headed first. Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 16. So this is what it says. This is Paul writing. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, since it is God's powerful means of bringing salvation to everyone who keeps on trusting, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Now, this would easily be one of my favourite Bible verses, and I think in it, Paul's making a number of statements, but the one I want to focus on this morning is where he says that the gospel is to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And so when we're talking about this covenant relationship, this special relationship that God has with his chosen people, um, in Romans chapter 9, so you can flick over a few more chapters, um, this is... This is what Paul says. He unpacks a little bit about all of the ways that God revealed himself uh, to his chosen people, to the Jewish people uh, first. 
And in verse 4, it says that they were made God's children. The glory has been with them. So God's like tangible, physical, manifest presence lived among the Jewish people um, in the temple or in the tabernacle at that time as well. The covenants are theirs. Likewise, the giving of the law, the temple service, so the whole sacrificial system was given to them. The promises were given to them. The patriarchs are theirs, so Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And from them, and this is the big one, as far as his physical descent is concerned, came, uh, came the Messiah, who is over all. And so all of these things that we've just listed here, Paul has, has unpacked them as being to the Jews first because of this special, you know, this covenant relationship that he had with them. And so in regards to the gospel being to the Jew first, it, it, it makes sense and it's just and fair and right that the Jewish people would also have an opportunity to receive and respond to um, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God through Yeshua the Messiah. And it was, yeah, it was just right for them to receive and respond to that first. And that's exactly what happened because, because Yeshua was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel first, they had the opportunity to receive what was promised to them and what they had been waiting for for so, so long. Like This is the longing of every Jewish heart is for Messiah. Messiah will come one day. Soon, surely he'll be here soon. But when the time did come for him to be revealed, what happened? They rejected him. Yep, so no, you're not the Messiah. And so they handed, over, handed him over to the Romans who then crucified him. It's one of the saddest stories in all of history. But it's interesting to note, you know, that um, when they rejected him, like, Today, still, as a nation, they continue to, to reject him. You know, the idea that this Jesus could even, you know, any idea of him with an inkling be possibly the Messiah. No, not, not, not even not anyone to engage a lot of the community. I'm not saying this is the whole of Israel, but especially the, the religious Orthodox community. Um, they actually actively deny uh, Jesus the potential of him being the Messiah by refusing to even refer to him as his, in his, as his Hebrew name, which is Yeshua, which means salvation, by the way, which is incredible. Um, but they refer to him more as Yeshu, which is, it's actually more of like an acronym, like a curse that basically means may his name and memory be obliterated. And so that's kind of what we're going into is, uh, is part of that, that attitude and that, that spiritual atmosphere. But I actually believe that we're beginning to see the end of, of these days. Like more and more out of, out of Israel, I'm hearing uh, uh, increased uh, curiosity from uh, a lot of the, the, you know, just the secular community in Israel and also in, in the religious community. Um, they're, becoming, they're becoming more and more interested um, in this man that many um, of their own country people are calling Messiah, this Jesus that they call Messiah. And so we're actually super excited to, to hear some of this. And so we, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to being a part of what God's doing uh, in the land of Israel amongst the Israelis there. 
And you and I actually get to be a part of this, like, hugely significant part of history, hey? Like, when, you know, potentially we could still, we could be around when, you know, the culmination of history, when the Jewish people uh, look upon him whom they pierced and, and mourn for him like one mourns for an only child and they call upon him to return. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So the gospel, uh, with, the, with the Messiah being rejected by the Jews, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, now has been opened to the Gentiles. Because remember, the, the gospel was to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. And I don't know everyone's you know, history or their background here, but I'm, I'm sort of betting that most of us are Gentiles, um, which, is, which is great because... We, we actually get to, to join in here. And so the kingdom was then opened up to us. And so it's here that we see the depth of wisdom and the immensity of God's love, not just for his chosen people, Israel, but for the whole world, for the nations of, you, of which you and I are part of. And so the question, though, is, you know, has God finished with the Jewish people? Let's look at Romans 11 and see what Paul has to say about this. Uh, in verse 11, he says, in, this, in that case, I say, isn't it that they have stumbled with the result that they have permanently fallen away? Heaven forbid. Quite the contrary. It is by means of their stumbling that the deliverance or that salvation has come to the Gentiles. In order, and this is the purpose of why we actually, uh, the, the, Gentile, the gospel comes to the, the Gentiles, it is in order to provoke them, the Jewish people, to jealousy. Moreover, if their stumbling is bringing riches to the world, that is, if Israel's being placed temporarily in a condition less favoured than that of the Gentiles is bringing riches to the Gentiles, how much greater riches will Israel in its fullness bring them? However, to those of you who are Gentiles, I say this. Since I myself am, a, am an apostle sent to the Gentiles, I make known the importance of my work in the hope that somehow I may provoke some of my own people to jealousy and save some of them. For if they're casting Yeshua aside means reconciliation for the world, so salvation for, for you and I as Gentiles, if that's what resulted from the Jewish people rejecting Jesus, imagine what will their accepting him mean. And this is what he says, it will be life from the dead. And so the bottom line is this, the, the gospel is to the Jew first. After they had rejected him, and rejected the gospel. The gospel was then proclaimed to the Gentiles. And from that day, all the way up until even now, many, many uh, Gentiles have come into the family of God that was initially only uh, the Jewish people. And the purpose of this is so that the Jews would see this and be provoked to you know, this jealousy, thinking, you know, these Gentiles have this amazing relationship with my God. This, this, and it's almost like it, was, it should drive them to want to um, turn back to God, but on his terms and enter into what was promised to them 
from the very beginning. So when you and I as Gentiles receive Yeshua, the Messiah, we get to join in with what was promised to the Jewish people. But the Jewish people, when they receive Yeshua as Messiah, they get to walk into what was or the walk into the fulfillment of what was promised to them from the very beginning. It's amazing. And so you and I, we, have, we actually have a, a, a responsibility or a mission to the Jewish people. Romans 11, 30 to 31 says, Just as you yourselves were disobedient to God before, but have received mercy now because of Israel's disobedience, so also Israel has been disobedient now, so that by your showing them the same mercy that God has shown you, they too may now receive mercy, uh, receive God's mercy. And so like we, we are indebted to the Jewish people in a big way. And as they, just as they brought the good news to us and our salvation was wrapped up in them, it's kind of like it's been flipped now. We, um, that they're, like, we've got their salvation, but their salvation is now wrapped up in, in us. And so we have a responsibility to bring the good news of Messiah to Israel and to Jewish people dispersed around the world. And so the big question is, how on earth do we do this? Um, there are a number of ways that we can do this, but there's probably three main ones um, as a bit of a takeaway that I think you guys could probably, you wouldn't have to um, you know, rifle the, the scriptures too hard to be able to find out what these would be. And so... I've identified them as pray, go, and send. Very, very biblical uh, application here. So Psalm 122, in regarding to how we, how we pray, Psalm 122 uh, calls us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, um, to pray for the eyes and ears of the, and hearts of Jewish people to be open, to, to see just who this Jesus is. Uh, really is to see the truth and to pray for the Prince of Peace to come again to Jerusalem and, and I suppose take up his rightful place as king. And uh, another one is Paul's, you know, his deepest desire um, and prayer was for the salvation of his people. He was so distraught um, at the idea that his own people were heading for an eternity separated from God, that they would miss out on what was promised to them that he was actually willing to say that I wish I was cut off from God so that they would come to know him. That's a, that's a pretty big statement, isn't it? Like I, I, I wonder, I you know, sometimes check my own heart and think, hey, God, would I be willing to, to say that about you know, Aussies, my own people? Um, sometimes not, sometimes, yeah. But like that's, that's, I know that that's God's heart. Um, that what Paul's praying in, like that's the sense of his heart. And so um, I often encourage people that, you know, if you don't have that heart to pray like Paul was, then just ask God for that heart because he's, that's, that's his heart. He will give you his heart for the nations, for, for the Jewish people, um, for the people of Colac. And so he'll, he'll give it to you, no, no worries there. Uh, in regard to go, going, so like this is something like keeping in the in line with the principle of to the Jew first that we've been talking about a little bit this morning. As you guys 
seek to, to bring Jesus to the people of Colac in this region, um, a good question is, uh, to ask is how are we actually keeping in line with that principle to the Jew first as well? Um, yeah, this is certainly something that Paul did. It's, it's definitely something Jesus did. Um, but there's a, there's a number of different ways that you can do that, even here in Colac. And we're fully aware that not everyone can go to Israel and, and, and reach the Jewish people there. But uh, we're firm believers that every congregation and Gentile believer uh, should have a... a should be involved in Jewish outreach in some way is keeping with that principle. Um, but, and there, like I said, there's many ways you can do, do this. The Abrahamic covenant has this promise in it that says that anyone who blesses my people, um, will, you, know, you will be blessed as well. And so there's a great way to bless the, the Jewish people. And you know, I really believe that the, the best way to do that is with Jesus. And so you know, one practical way uh, that you can do that, even here, I know that there's heaps and heaps of Israeli backpackers. After they finish their army service in Israel, they, they go, go around, travelling around the world and finding themselves and all that sort of thing. Heaps of backpackers come down this way, down the Great Ocean Road and um, inland here through, you know, as they travel and backpack around. There's opportunities to have um, yeah, Israelis come and stay with you because they're always looking for a cheap place to stay and, and a free feed and stuff. You know, what, a, what an amazing opportunity uh, and a way to bless people, uh, bless the, the Jewish people, or just say, come, inviting them into your family. Come and have a meal with us. Let me tell you about the, the rela- amazing relationship I have with your God. The amount of um, Jewish people that have come to faith in Yeshua through the witness of faithful Gentile believers is, is ridiculous. Um, so that's a really good opportunity that um, yeah, if, any, if you were interested, I'd come and have a chat to us afterwards and I can point you in the right direction for that. So finally, we can send. This is what the Bible says, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? I think I've got the same version up there. It's a bit different. Sorry. Uh, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? And so like, this is such a true word. How can, you be, how can you believe in something if you've never heard about it? How can you believe in Yeshua if you don't know the truth about him or you've never encountered him? Um, unless someone sends, unless someone's been sent to go and tell people. And so like, that's, that's our situation at the moment. Like, we've been, you know, as a family, we've put our hand up to, to go. Uh, but we need people to partner with us and send us. And so that's, that's probably the, 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 big, the big thing for us as a family that uh, we, we need, as I said before, we can't work there. We can't have to be um, fully supported and fully funded from home. And so we've been, uh, for the last couple of years, raising support and, and looking and seeking people uh, who have a heart for mission um, and maybe even a heart for the Jewish people as well. Uh, but mostly that have a heart to see the kingdom of God um, and the gospel proclaimed to, to the nations. And so uh, if that's you this morning and, and you, you might feel prompted to say, look, you know, I, I would actually, I want to be, I want to partner with, with you guys and, and support you in, in your work in bringing the, the gospel to Israel. If that's you this morning, you know, we would love to, to have a chat with you. 
Um, we've got a table set up at the, at the back there with some cards, you know, supporter cards that you can take. We'd love for you all to take and, and there's got magnets inside that you can stick up uh, our picture up on your fridge. You can see that lovely, beautiful family uh, regularly. So as a, as a, just a reminder to, to pray for us. Um, and there's a section inside that you can fill out um, if you feel uh, led to do so. Uh, if you if you wanted to to pray uh, prayerfully and financially support us as well, we'd be uh, forever grateful. Um, but again, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish there. But I'd like to thank you for your time this morning for for listening and and hearing me. Um, thanks in advance for your support and prayers. We we really appreciate it heaps. Cannot cannot state enough how we cannot do this without um, the love and support from. The, the wider body of Messiah. So thanks so much for having me. Let me pray, hey? All right, Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just acknowledge your presence here this morning. We acknowledge you as, as King and Messiah and we just want to tell you that we are so grateful that you brought us into your family. You revealed who Jesus is to us and you called us in and you made us your own no longer orphans separated but fully in your family recipients of your righteousness you call us sons and daughters new creations in Messiah Lord, we are so grateful. It's all because of what Jesus has done. And we, yeah, Father, we, we cannot tell you enough how our heart longs for our families and our friends, our neighbours, for them to, to know you as well, for them to be included and brought into your family. Father, I just ask, Lord, for... Uh, these amazing people here in Colac, Lord, as they seek to, to make you known here, Lord, I pray that as they pursue you, that you would bless them with just opportunity after opportunity to be a, a witness to what you have done in their lives so that it would, you know, just like you, you talk about the, the Jewish people being provoked to jealousy, Father, I pray that it would prompt something in the hearts of people who don't know you to be provoked to jealousy. This longing would rise up within them to know you and to come into relationship with you on your terms through Jesus, the Messiah, that they would know him and him crucified. Your word, Lord, says that this is eternal life, to know you, the one true God and Jesus who you sent. Father, we pray so fervently now, Lord, with heavy hearts for the people of this region who don't know you, Lord. We pray and call them in the spirit into relationship with you, that they would know you, the one true God and Jesus who you sent. That is the life, Father, we, we want for them. We pray for them, that you would awaken their hearts and their minds to, to seek the truth, the one true God and his Messiah. Father, we pray for that, Lord. Bless them. Lord, pour out a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that they might know you so much exponentially deeper and 
greater and higher. Everything. More and more of you, Father. Thank you that you've blessed them. In the name of Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you. Thanks so much, Corey. Let's just give, you, give a hand to Corey right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just before you go, can we pray for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we just stand this morning as we pray for these guys just as we, before we close in song? Yeah, Sarah, do you want to come too and join Corey up here? What a, what a huge step, just catching up with these guys, um, and Corey recently, and uh, just hearing them this morning. It's a huge step, and uh, I'm sure you've been challenged and inspired, as I have been, and yeah, let's just pray for these guys right now as they, as they take this step. They've booked flights, they're believing for it to happen uh, fairly soon, and uh, yeah, we just want to pray for them. Thank you, Lord. God, we just thank you for Corey and Sarah, for the, the whole family, Lord God. We just pray that you would continue to provide that you would continue to lead the way forward. God, we thank you for your provision, for your encouragement. Lord, for the, the fullness of all things that you have planned for them to come to fruition, Lord. God, we thank you for the people and those places in, in Israel, Lord, the Jezreel Valley that you have called them to. Lord God, that you would give them connection into the community, Lord God, that you give them favour with the local people there. Lord God, we just thank you for an amazing work to, to happen for, Lord, many lives to be touched, for the, for the nation to be impacted through the ministry that they would bring. Lord God, we just, we're so aware of our humanity, Lord, our, our frailties, Lord, but God, I just thank you for using them in mighty ways, even beyond their expectations, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, for your body at work. We just pray, Lord God, that you would help us to be an encouragement to them. Help us, Lord, to be able to support them in the way that you would desire for us, Lord God. We, we thank you for them, for the kids, that they would continue to have an excitement and uh, Lord, together as a family, Lord, that they would know this is the mission that you have for them, Lord, that they would have an excitement and a joy and a peace in all things that they do for your, for your name, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What an awesome God we serve. And I just want to encourage you to, to really consider um, yeah, getting a, a prayer card and maybe you can give financially. As a, as a family, we have some different projects outside of CFC that we, we support different places and just encourage you we can't always support everyone but just pray and say lord is this is this something that we could be a part of and uh, we have an awesome god and we're going to finish by by praising him and thanking him for who he is and all that he's done for us and uh, please if you can stay around for a cuppa fill in a care card if you have a prayer request or something you'd like prayer for this morning please feel free to come during this song um maybe there's something you're just aware of this morning that you just really need god's touch in your life uh, maybe this morning you want to surrender to this Jesus that Corey's talked about this morning, that you've never surrendered your life to him. And this morning you can say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me upon the cross. And uh, if that's you this morning, I'd love you to come and we'd love to pray with you and chat with you this morning. God bless.